Come and play with us. Come and play with us. This is Kubrick's Universe. It's Kubrick's Universe, the Stanley Kubrick Podcast. Hey gang, welcome back to Kubrick's Universe. What you're about to hear was recorded in late December 2019, a mere matter of weeks before the world went to hell in a handbasket, when the coronavirus pandemic took over all of our daily lives and began taking the lives of, at present count, already hundreds of thousands of human souls. We hope you are keeping safe, following these new rules for your own and the public's health, and doing your best to navigate our current predicament, while keeping as focused as possible on the things that make life such a precious and rare gift. Or as Dave Bowman might say, something wonderful. So by now, many or perhaps most of you are familiar with the story of Leon Vitale and have seen the brilliant and moving documentary directed by Tony Ziera called Film Worker, which chronicles Leon's nearly 40 years as Stanley Kubrick's dependable and trusted right-hand man. Leon is a human treasure trove of insight and wisdom about what it was like working with the genius filmmaker the family man, the friend. He's shared a lot with our show already, but then a few months back in December 2019, we thought it'd be cool to get him in on a little bit of a practical joke we'd been thinking up. Now, prank calling is something of a storied tradition since telephones became a ubiquitous part of everyday life, starting in roughly the 1950s. But even before then, during the 1930s, in what was maybe the first documented prank call that spread widely, kids in the United Kingdom would call a druggist, or pharmacy, all of which sold tobacco back then. A popular brand of rolling tobacco at that time was called Prince Albert, named for the future King of England, Edward VII, known to the royal family as Albert, and it was sold in small metal tin canisters. The druggist would answer the phone at their shop, and some merry young pranksters would be gathered around on their end of the call, trying hard not to giggle, as the boldest among them would say, Hello, do you have Prince Albert in a can? The druggist would reply, Why, yes, we do. Then the prankster would reply, 
The infuriated druggist would hang up, but doubtlessly, not before being able to hear the sound of uproarious laughter coming through the receiver from these bold and clever young lads. Now, here comes the music. By the end of the 1980s, a pair of pranksters out of Queens, New York, not far from where Stanley grew up, incidentally, were calling businesses in the New York area in response to classified ads in local newspapers. Johnny Brennan and Kamal Ahmed began making a series of prank calls using an assortment of different voices influenced by their own family members, calling their act the Jerky Boys. In 1993, they released a compact disc of the calls which to date has sold over 8 million copies. Here's one example. Hello? Hello, I was hurt at work today. Hmm? Yes. Say, I'll have you speak to an attorney, okay? Pardon? I'll have you speak to an attorney. Thank you. You're welcome. Hello? Hello, yes, I was hurt at work today. Yeah, who, uh, who told you to call me? Well, I got your, your, your ad in the paper. Okay, can you come to see me? Well, listen to me, I was very hurt today. Yeah. Right. Now, my boss, he reprimanded me and said some very vicious things, and I'm very hurt about that. What them. do you mean hurt? You were hurt by his words, or you had an injury? I, well, I sustained an injury, but I was uh, initially hurt with his words. Yeah. Uh, that's a very, very sophisticated type of uh, case you have there. Uh, can you come in to see me? Yeah, sure, but listen, he said bad, awful things, and I fell down the stairs, and my shoes fell off. Mm-hmm. And I feel very hurt about this. Well, you may be, you mean you feel hurt, emotionally hurt. Very, very hurt. Did you injure your body as well? Well, my head was dashed apart. I suggest that you come in to see me about it. We'll, we'll uh, file a claim for you. Okay. All right, then. You have my address, right? Sure, I do. I'm in any day of the week between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Right. You know what it's like to be hurt. Well, of course I do. And I hate that. Well, you have to come in to see me so we can file a claim for you. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. By 1995, the Jerky Boys had their own feature film, released by Touchstone Pictures. In 2002, a new TV show on Comedy Central premiered called Crank Yankers. Come on, come on. the now-famous late-night host Jimmy Kimmel, among others, and used puppets to recreate scenes of actual recorded prank calls. It seems the not-too-subtle art of prank calling was going to be alive and well in the new millennium. But the most widely circulated underground series of prank calls first originated from Jersey City, New Jersey in the mid-1970s when a pair of young men who'd been bodily ejected by the owner of a dive bar named Louis Red Dutch decided to get even on the surly and foul-tempered barkeep by calling him repeatedly over the course of months. The pranksters, Jim Davidson and John Elmo, would sometimes provoke a fight with Red 
who was capable of such vicious, snarling profanities that they make Gunnery Sergeant Hartman sound like an erudite professor of diction and civil discourse by comparison. Sometimes they'd call just to mess with him. Just a little bit. Hello, Tumba. Tumba. Hi, this is Benny from the steam room. Can I speak to, uh, Fred? Fred? Yeah. Fred! Hello, Red. This yeah. is Benny from the steam room. And, like, uh, I'd like to know if there's a how to like a kick in the place. So what? Who? How to like a kick. Who is this? This is Benny. From the steam room bar? Yes. Downtown. Uh, uh, this is, uh, his wife called here, and uh, he, people here told me that he went up to the top bar. Yeah. Uh, his name is How to like a kick. I don't understand what you're saying. His name is Delica Kick. J-A-L-K-I-K. He's at my place. Uh, he's supposed to be there. His name is Hal H-A-L Delica Kick. J-A-L-K-I-K. Is anybody's name Delica Kick? Hal. Hal Delica Kick. Anybody's name Delica Kick? calls became known as the Tube Bar Tapes. In reference to the watering hole Red owned since the 1950s, the Tube Bar. Named so because of its proximity to the gateway to the subway lines that ran people between New York and New Jersey. Commuters called these the Tubes. The Tube Bar Tapes were circulated throughout the United States beginning in the late 1970s, from person to person by way of dubbing copies of audio cassettes. And then those tapes became so widely passed around that they influenced everything from Bob Clark's 1981 movie, Porky's. Has anybody seen my time? <laughs> to literally every prank call that Bart Simpson has ever made to Moe's Tavern for over 30 seasons of The Simpsons. Moe's Tavern, Moe speaking. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a friend, last name Keybum, first name Lee. Yeah, hang on, I'll check. Uh, hey, guys, do I got a Lee Keybum? Come on, look at the stools. Uh, is there a Lee Keybum? Red and the Two Bar even got a nod in the liner notes of the 1990 album Presto by the band Rush. Rest in peace, Neil Peart. So where's all this going? Simple. Kubrick's universe 
wanted to be in on the fun. But while we were never about to do an episode that would make people who took our call look bad, we did have an idea how to do a series of prank calls to members of the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society on Facebook who had no idea why we'd be calling, just that we wanted them to be on the show for a chance to connect with listeners and Kubrick fans. So we reached out to Leon Vitali, told him our premise of having him remain silently on the line while we asked each person two questions. In a hundred words or less, can you tell us what drew you to Stanley Kubrick? And if you ever had the chance to ask Leon Vitali a question, do you have an idea what it might be? None of the participants had any idea of this second question in advance of our call, and they had no idea that Leon sat listening quietly in on the joke the whole time until we brought him in with a cue of me doing a silly sound effect of a telephone ringing. And away we go. Hello? Hello? Is this Ollie? Hello. Hey, is this it Ollie? It is, yeah. Hey, how you doing, man? It's it is. Cool. Not too bad. Right on. It's Jason Furlong and the gang from Kubrick's Universe. Yeah. I thought I'd guessed it was you lot. <laughs> so, okay, man. Yes, th- well, yeah. Thanks so much for taking part in the show. We got uh, no two, problem. two questions for you, and uh, the first of which is in about 100 words or less, can you tell us what drew you to Stanley Kubrick? Certainly. Originally, it was the practical aspects with a bait on the hook, but it was the question Stanley raised on the human condition that kept me there. Not in the sense of answers ever being given, but in the fact that through his films, he often confessed to not knowing the answers himself. 2001 being the finest example of this, I mean, how could mankind comprehend what it would be like to meet extraterrestrials? 2001 isn't an arrogant work, it's the purest expression of human ignorance, putting mankind squarely in its place. And I think this is what makes Stanley Kubrick one of the humblest directors in history. Hear, hear. Wow. That's, 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 that's brilliant. That's, that's beautifully said, Ollie. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think, I think it's actually two words above 100, but never mind. <laughs> Listen, we'll let it slide. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously, as a lifelong fan of Kubrick's, I'm sure you're familiar with his uh, long-standing right-hand man, the great Leon Vitali. Certainly. Did you get a chance to see Film Worker, the documentary? I did, yes, and uh, recently brought a copy of it as well when I went to the exhibition, the Sunday Kubrick exhibition, because uh, yeah, I loved it very much. Nice. What did you think of it? You did. You loved it. Yeah, it was just fascinating to to hear it really from the man who we don't hear from enough, mm. really. And um, we never heard enough from him. Just the occasional interview coming up on on. I always wanted to hear much more about uh, how he felt when he was working with Kubrick and what his role really was. Well, let me ask you a question. If uh, if you did, if you ever had the chance to speak with Leon, do you know what? If, do you know what question you would ask him? I think I do, yes. You do? Yes. You know what? Hang on a second. Okay. Hi. <laughs> hey, is that Leon? It is. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Absolutely. Always great to hear your voice, my friend. We've got uh, a good friend uh, named Ali Oz Edwards on the line. You want to say hi? 
Absolutely. Hi. Hello, Leon. Very, very nice to talk to you. Yes, it's uh, yeah, nice to talk to you too. And I must say, uh, you know, I, I'll admit I was I was eavesdropping on your answer right. <laughs> to what drew you to Stanley. I, I think it's one of the most, you know, really the most, uh, well, for want of a better word, intelligent, you know, answers I've heard about, you know, what drew you to Stanley. It really, Thank you very really much. Is. <laughs> I felt the very same thing. And the thing is, you know, of all the people in the world who uh, I've worked with, I can honestly say I've never met anyone quite as much the human being that Stanley was. You mm. know, he was very, he he was very humble in, in many ways. It's amazing. Good to hear. Yeah, I've read him that way. It's mm. incredible. Yeah, that's brilliant. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. given... Given your recent viewing of Film Worker, Ali, is uh, there a specific question that comes to mind? You can take a moment to think about it, but feel free to ask Leon. He's happy to answer. Sure. Um, well, I mean, I'll be slightly honest about myself. I, I used to, I was a very aspiring filmmaker when I was young. Um, I went to college mm. and then ended up at university as well to study it. Um, unfortunately, I, I wasn't very well for quite some time. Um, I won't go into that. And, and everything mm. took a bit of a back step for quite some time. And I've kept up with the industry. I've kept up with learning about lenses and cameras and the latest movements. And uh, right. I, I, I still want to get my career going myself, really. And, and even if it's just doing what you did straight in at the ground up and working all the way up to, to, to do whatever I can do, what would maybe would be your advice to someone who's had a bit of a setback for a number of years and just really wants to go gung-ho and get going again, just, just in the same route, route that you went when you originally did it? Um, well, um, well, I, I had an advantage a little bit in that I was a, an actor, so I was kind of in at that end of it. Uh, from the very beginning and uh, it was by the, the grace of whoever it is up there that I actually met Stanley and worked for him as an actor and that's that's where that sort of opened up for me but I would say the same thing as I've, I've said to lots of people aspiring people you know who want to make films or be involved with it in some way and that is you know love love for, love for it is one thing and it's very valuable commodity to have but i think the only thing that uh that compares with that is perseverance and your belief in in what you want to do and it, it's really there's no set formula for it you know and i wish there was <laughs> but mm. there, there yeah. isn't and i think i think it's very much a you know sort of eyes and ears job and um you know keep tracking and keep sort of trying to keep uh, in touch with what's actually going on and, and, and whatever you want to do, you know, I mean, there's, there are ways in, I suppose, sort of working as production assistants, which, you know, it's not a, a, you know, it's not a career sort of life choice, but it's a way to get in. Um, and it, it you know, may not, pay, you know, um, or may only pay expenses at first, but it would be genuinely well worth it to get involved in, in some way like that. Well, luckily I've got some opportunity. I live in Stratford-upon-Avon, so with the theatre around, there's, there's many opportunities to get in touch with people, I think, and maybe start networking yes. and, and keep it up um, in that respect. 
absolutely and 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 you know i think I, I know a lot of people who've come from you know absolutely divorced from you know the notion of working in films until they got interested they've had no kind of contact with it whatsoever but uh, somehow they've managed to squeeze themselves in and you know and it, it's a it's a it's it's a great. I won't tell you it's lovely all the time. <laughs> I can imagine, but it's so it's so so rewarding. I mean, it really is. I mean, just to know that you're a part of something creative and, and something that you know will will you know, have a resonance with many mm. many people. It's just mm. to keep keep talking and keep listening and and you know with that in mind and hopefully you'll be able to make some kind of contact. But I've got, I've got to say, you, you, you live in my, one of my old stamping grounds because that's mm. really where my, my interest started was, you know, we used to get taken to the theatre at Stratford a lot. <laughs> so, you know, it's something that is, is almost in my blood. Mm. That's why I was quite taken aback when I was watching film work and I saw the shot of the street with the dirty duck just up from the theatre. I just immediately went, hang on, that's Stratford. <laughs> that's where I live. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely place to live, I think. I love it. Mm. Mm. Well, it's interesting because yeah, yeah. you'd actually explained during the podcast that you, you explained how it was lovely in the evening when the sun was setting, but sometimes it was quite often raining at this point. And just as you were saying that, I was looking out of my window of my house or my flat, sorry, and it was just that weather. <laughs> it was raining and everything. <laughs> yep, he's absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a chance to talk with him. Exactly, and this, this is amazing. It's a great experience this, to actually be able to talk to someone I very, very much admire. Well, I am going to turn you loose, uh, let you gentlemen say so long to each other. Perhaps we'll get a chance yep. to do it again. Great. Ali, I can't thank you enough for uh, being part of the call. We're going to uh, no problem. We're going to sign off and uh... thanks very much, Leon. It's been really nice talking to you, and I, I can't can't wish you enough of all the best. And I hope that you achieve something that you feel proud of. Thanks ever so much. That's great of you to say. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone. That was that was fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, Ali. Thanks, Ali. Our pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, thanks, Leon. That's oh, great. You're welcome. I mean, sweet, sweet. What a nice guy. Uh, yeah. All right. And we kept that under the time limits. Perfect. So, uh, Stephen, who do we got next? We got next James Robert Sherman in the USA. I'm not sure exactly where, but his uh, phone number starts with 415. I think he's California. I think he's up in the San Francisco area. San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wonder if he lives in Haight-Ashbury. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's, pro- there's probably a Starbucks there now where all the hippies used to, you know. Many, um, many of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling him now. Sorry. Uh, calling him now if he's on the... If he's waiting for the call, he'll be uh, picking up. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey, is this James? Yes. Who am I speaking with? You're speaking with Jason from the Kubrick's Universe podcast. How's it going, buddy? Oh, Jason. That's right. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, I saw Unknown, dude. And so it's like I get always, I always get these, uh, the you know, the telemarketers and shit like that. So it's like, yeah. What can I do for you, man? Yeah. Exactly. No. Well, I mean. 
I'm glad you picked it up. You know, it could have been a bill collector, but uh, no, we 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 got you. <laughs> we got you. I'm glad you picked up. So we're doing this. Okay. Se- we're doing this cool segment. Well, you know, we think it's cool. Um, real quick, <laughs> say hi to uh, 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 Stephen, the producer. He's on the line too. Stephen Rick. Stephen yeah. Rick. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey, Steven. I've seen your name a million times. I've seen yours a million times, Jason. How are you guys doing? Good, Yeah, man. very good, James. Thank you. Yes. Well, I just want to mention Stephen, of course, founded the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society, um, mm-hmm. what was it, eight over eight years ago now. And also, you know, like uh, two guys who've been essential in keeping that group uh, the cream of the crop. I got on the phone with us, uh, James Marinaccio. Want to say hi, bro? Hey, James. Hey, James. Hey James, how are you guys? Good. Nice to nice to hear your voice. Now, now James, you will know you will know James as Nick Fugazi on the uh, on the group. Oh yeah, Nick. I know Nick. Nick is James. James is Nick. Yeah. We call yeah. him. We call him Nick James. And uh, hey, Mark, James. Mark Lentz, one of <laughs> one of the admins, of course, and a dear friend. Say hi, man. Hi, hey, James. Yeah, Mark Mark Lentz, Junior Admin. <laughs> I know all you guys by name and reputation. Okay. Well, James and I are James and I are also like it, it seems diehard Bob Dylan freaks. So that's a cool thing. Exactly. Too. Yeah. So listen, man. You know we're gonna have two questions for you, and uh, it, it's it's pretty simple, straightforward stuff. My first question is in about a hundred words or less. Can you tell us what drew you to Stanley Kubrick? That's a good question. And if I had known, I would have been better prepared for this question. But it's like, that is a really good question. Um, in so many words, uh, what I like about him is the beauty of his perfection. I don't know a better way to describe that. And it sounds like probably BS, but it's like, that's that. I sound like an undergrad, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm the beauty of his perfection, even, even, even within fear and desire. Okay. There is a beauty of his perfection. Now, granted, fear or desire is not comparable to his 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 other his later films but you could still see the spark of it you could still see the essence of his trying to get it right okay and so for me okay it's just the beauty of his perfection there's a perfection that's unspeakable like a beethoven symphony or a great or the greatest of shakespeare plays or a great bob dylan song to throw bob in there you know i mean it's like you you know it's it's like it's like you know i mean 2001 a space odyssey is 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 you know i mean it's just this perfect shakespearean type of performance in his as a director right so it's like just for me it's the beauty of his perfection that we're not we're seeing something that's so unique and so original okay that it's just it's it inspires awe every time i watch his films and i've seen all of his films several times sometimes hundreds of times and basically it just it's the beauty of his perfection it's the Mm. best i can do (laughs) no that's great that's that's fantastic um i'm wondering did you happen to see uh that documentary about leon vitale called film worker that came out oh absolutely three times yeah beautiful beautiful film yeah brilliant film you really liked it Oh yeah, I really did. I I loved I loved seeing Leon, uh, uh, who is I think a, a important figure, okay, in film history in the sense that his work, okay, and I think I said this several times when the reviews first came out when I first saw the film was was that his 
his important work in restoring these artifacts of great art, human art, okay, is is just uh, just astounding. He's a hero to film culture. These films will be available to people in a thousand years because of Mr. Vitelli's work. Wow. So that's I I just he's my he's my hero as far as that goes. That's that's beautifully said, man. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. No, I love it. Well, I I have a random kind of question to follow up with that. I, I'm just sure. we're wondering like. I guess if you ever had the chance to ask Leon like one question, yes or no, do you do you think you know what it would be? Um I mean off the top of my head I have to give it a you know if I had a minute to think about it what would I ask him? Um I don't, mean don't you give know, me the answer but I, think yeah, about but, it for a minute. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I try to, I try to, you know, I probably end up sounding like a fan buoy and, and really blowing it, but um, I could give it, yeah, I could give it some thought for sure. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, if you want, just hang on for a second, just bear with me. Okay. Sure. Yep. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hey, is this Leon? It is. Hey, what's up, bud? It's oh Jason. Oh, my God. Hi. <laughs> Hi. What a surprise. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. Thank cool. you very much. Cool. We've got yeah. a, a, wow. a friend. <laughs> we've got an old friend on the phone uh, who would love to say hi to you. And if that's okay, his name's James Robert Sherman. And he's north of you up in San Francisco. Right. Hi. 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 Oh my God. How are you? <laughs> hi. Hi, Mr. Vitelli. Nice. It's an honor, sir. It's a, it's an yeah, honor. Call, call wow. me. Call okay. me Leon. Call me Leon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm good. I'm. I'm yes, I'm very good. Thank you. And. Uh, and um, I did actually. I was a little bit worried because uh, there's a whole bunch of sirens went past just now and i thought my god they'll probably think they're coming to take me away or something <laughs> i hear it now i hear it now yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they finally got to you right they finally tracked you down they, finally, they found you yes, and... yes. <laughs> wow oh well gosh. it's you live in los angeles is that right sir you live in los angeles is that right or, or, yes, LA, area? la area yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah, same I thing do, with yeah. me i live I live near a hospital. Every time my mom calls, or, you know, it's like the sirens are going off and they go, Jim, are you okay? It's like, no, mom, I'm cool. I'm cool. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Good, good stuff. Well, we got, you, we got you guys hooked up together for a few minutes. So uh, if there's anything you want to ask Leon, feel free. Uh, Mr. Vitelli, seriously, and I know this is going to sound like a trite requ- uh, an- a question for you, okay? But have you caught up on all of your sleep? Have you finally <laughs> had an opportunity to call- catch up? Okay, I mean, I've seen the films. I've seen the articles, right? I've seen the reports and the stories and the people who tell stories of you and your efforts and your labors. Have you caught up on your sleep, sir? <laughs> that really, I'm serious. I'm serious. No, well, uh, well I can honestly tell you that... I was probably in a natural fit for that job because I've always had a problem sleeping from when I was a child. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and you know, and, uh, my, my father died when I was very young. So it meant my, my mom had to go and work, you know, and she used mm-hmm. to work. She was a nurse and I should pass. So she used to work nights. 
and uh, mm-hmm. at night, and and it was like a a giant sort of abstract playground for me at that time. So I never I never got to bed generally, you know, before midnight, <laughs> even as a child, you know. Wow. And, um, yeah. 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 So it was, it was a kind of a. It's just a thing I, I've grown into, and uh, and to be honest with you, no, I have yep. never caught up with my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what that means. You're still working. You're still working. You're still alive. You're still hanging in there. So it's like, yeah, that's all. That's all. You know, that's all for the best. You know, it's all for good. You were perfect for that job. You know, you were perfect for the job as a film film yeah. worker. And I love that. Yes, bit. Right. I love that. I love that 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 calling yourself that because it's like, yeah. You're a film worker, you know, and it was just, oh, I, you know, it was a great film, the great film that they did on you. And um, yeah, but it was pretty amazing. But, but, you know, and I just want to say, and I said this earlier before I got on the phone with you, it's just like, I just want to thank you, sir. Um, a lot of the, you know, all of the restoration work that you've done since Mr. Cooper passed away. And it's, you, you, I just want to say thank you because it's like you've made available these, these great works of art. Okay. For future generations, a thousand years from now, people will be, admiring and respecting the work that you put in, not just Mr. Kubrick's great work. Okay. But the work you put in, in restoring and making sure that these films are preserved for thousands of years. And I just want to thank you personally. I think, you know, God bless you for doing that. You know? Well, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. It's really nice. That's very nice. Jim. Thank you. You know, I mean, it's just like, because I just think that, you know, it's like, we don't do this. What was I was reading the story? It was like, my God, how, how close were they to losing the original uh, 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 image of Dr. Strangely? You know, and it's just like, you know, I've read the stories that are involved with that. And it's like, Dr. Strangely was one of the great films of the 20th century. And it's like, how could that almost be lost? Okay. You know, how can the original of that almost be lost? You know, and so it's like film preservation and everybody who's involved with that just does, you know, some fantastic work. Mr. Scorsese, of course, who, who who's spent a lifetime working on that. But, you know, you're one of those folks right up there. OK, with preserving some of the greatest art of our of our time, you know, so well, more power well, to you, you. more years to you doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Apropos Dr. Strangelove and, and, and his relevance today. Um, yeah. I actually I went to a film <laughs> festival um, <laughs> and we screened it, and um, this was you know about a year ago I suppose. And um, when I introduced the film, I said, "Well, it'll be interesting for me to see how much relevance you feel there is with uh, where we are today, especially mm-hmm. here in America." And, uh, <laughs> and so we watched the film, and when when uh, when the film was finished, and I went back on stage to do a Q and A. I've never heard such a silence in my life. It was absolutely <laughs> like a, a bunch of zombies. <laughs> oh my there. god! Yeah, it, was just, it, re- it really a was sign of the times. Yeah, yeah, almost yeah, sixty yeah. years later, and it's still relevant. You know, I mean, it's almost sixty absolutely. years later, and it's it's still absolutely relevant to to the current times. Not to be political, but yeah, it's it's a great statement. Yeah, and and. Yeah, and I've, said, I've other people have told me the same thing. I've shown this to people who are like my friends who have kids and stuff like that, and they're in their late teens and early twenties, and they're like, "Wow, I, I heard about this <laughs> film, but I never figured it was as relevant now as it as it was when it first came out." I go, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." So right. yeah, no, yeah. That's, if not yeah. more so, yeah. if not, if more, not more so, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, listen, yeah, yeah. listen, Jim, it's been great to uh, 
to talk, to finally hear your voice. We've been friends in cyberspace for quite some time. Um, oh, yeah. I, I want to let you go. And uh, if you just, if you guys want to say goodbye and so long, we'll hopefully do it again someday. <laughs> Mr. Vitelli, it's been an honor. Thank you. And thank you for all the work you've done. Oh, well, thank you. And, and, and uh, thank you, you know, uh, for your perception. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's lovely to hear. It really is. I think that's, I think you so made I think, Mr. Vitelli, I think you may be the first person since my mom who said that thank you for, for your perception. So I appreciate that, sir. And I really, and you have a great day. And you, all of you, this, has, you. Been an, this has been great. This has been fantastic. Thank you, sir. Take cool, care. Man. Thank cool. you. Thank right. you. Take care, bud. All right. Okay. Can I hang up? <laughs> yeah, sure, bud. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You guys, you guys take, and also, also to all of you folks, all of you folks who are, you know, in the Kubrick Appreciation Society, great job. My favorite group. I, Thanks, I love James. going there every day. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. All right, you guys. You. Hang in there. Hang Will in there. Do. Okay, I'll talk mm-hmm. to you guys later. Okay, bye. Take care. Bye. 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 Okay. Next up, James F. Davies. James F. Davies from Liverpool. Oh. Hi. Got a lot of James around, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey, is this James? It's James, yeah. Hey, James, it's Jason and the gang from Kubrick's Universe Podcast. All right, man, you all right? How you doing, mate? Very good. Calling all the way from Liverpool. So, listen, we, we've, we've only got a few minutes with each of our guests, but we definitely, we definitely have, uh, you know, a cool segment planned and, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've been a great member in the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society. Oh, and, yeah. um, so, uh, I want to get to our question, but also, uh, real quick, I, I want to introduce, uh, James Marinaccio, who you know as Nick Fugazi. He's on the call. Say hi, guys. Oh, absolute, absolute legend. Love him. Hey, James. Nice to meet you. Oh, it's good, man. How's it going? And, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Sorry to step on that. I'm my bad. Uh, Mark, <laughs> cool. Mark, Mark Lentz is there too. Are you there, Mark, buddy? Hey, James. Good to hear your voice. Love a legend. So, all right. I want to ask you a question. In about 100 words or less, can you uh, tell us what drew you to Stanley Kubrick? Okay, right, so just stop me when I get to 100, but it started when I was about 20 years old. My brother got a Stanley Kubrick boxer. I, I watched it, loved the movies, but didn't really get them, you know what I mean? I didn't get, I watched 2001, I thought it's a great movie, but I don't understand it. So uh, I lost my dad when I was about 18, and um, I just started reading loads about Stanley, and I just had so much in common with him. It was it was weird. Not I'm not a film genius, but just the little things about him, like, loving animals and just being, you know, kind of a sensitive guy, lover of art, like loves people, but kind of, you know, that kind of thing. And he kind of reminds me of uh, Nikola Tesla is another guy I looked into a lot. He kind of reminds me of him, this kind of quiet genius. But um, yeah, I've just read book after book after book and they're all, every book you will find something different about him. And every time you watch a Kubrick film, it's like watching it for the first time. It's bizarre. I saw 2001 in the cinema lately, and honestly, it's like seeing it for the first time. It was it was bizarre. 
but it's like again that film is like a spiritual experience so uh that's what drew me to him just the brilliance the natural gift that he had he was just and he just hung around new york and just you know hustle chess i don't know if that's 100 percent true but i just he's just a legend he's just there's no one like him just the king Oh and, I, oh, and I've met loads of Kubrick people. Sorry, just quickly say, I was at London Film Comic Con lately and I met Adam uh, Baldwin and he told me that, yeah, Kubrick taught him patience, just like patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can go mad and everything can go, go, be going round, uh, wrong around you, but just keep your head and that's it. Patience and yeah. time. Who did you meet? Was it Alec Baldwin, did yeah. you say? Yeah. Sorry, Adam. I, Adam, Adam. Oh, Adam, Adam forgive Adam. me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Adam. Yeah, Animal Mother in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I could have easily misheard Alec because uh, Alec uh, is Alec Baldwin is an unabashed Kubrick fan. In fact, he, was, of course, yeah, he, he was the moderator. He Leon. Yeah, yeah. He, he moderated the Q and A at the premiere yeah. of Filmworker at the Metrograph, which Mark Lentz and yeah. I were lucky enough to attend. Did you see Filmworker? Oh, really? What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was, it was great. Um, it, it was funny as well because Alex funny. He's a funny guy, so he got the crowd going, and it was just I liked it, loved it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think every night, by the way, I watch something new about Kubrick, just anything, and I always find little videos here and there, and it's just like fascinating, fascinating stuff. Every, the most interesting man that's ever lived to me, him and Tesla. Every night, just one of a kind. Really? Every Every night, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's there's something that draws me to him in a spiritual almost way. Like, he connects with me on, like, a mad level. I don't know. I can't explain it. It's one of those things. And as I say, he's like like a father figure. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. A lot of us have been lifelong fans and are always searching for some succinct and beautiful way to describe what drew us to him and i think he did a great yeah. job so you know just a random thought off the top of my head is a question i it's a yes or no answer so you know you've you've seen film worker do, do you know what you do you know what you might ask leon vitali if you ever had the chance to ask him one question i'd say was it worth it you, you, and he and, and, I know, and i know what he'd say well you, that's you, all you, that matters you sure you do like just, just was it all? Whatever you've given, you could have been great. Could have been a great actor. You could have gone off and done your own thing, but you decided to work for this man instead and dedicate your whole life. Was it worth it? And he'd go, "Of course it was," because of who he was. So you sound I'd pretty sure. You, you sound pretty sure of yourself, and you may be right. But if you want to hang on for just a second, can you hang on a sec? Of course. Okay. Cool. Hang on. Hello. Hello. Hey, Leon. Yes. Hey, what's up? It's Jason from Kubrick's (laughs) Universe. Hi. 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 Wow. (laughs) Hi, Leon. Absolute legend. We got a we got a friend on the phone. You want to say hi, James F. Davies? He's over there in Liverpool. Hi. Hi, Leon. Hi, James. How are you? Oh, very good. This is this is quite mind blowing. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> you're, you know, you're like you're, you know. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I love film. I love film work, and I just I just just Thank like you. 
so glad that of what you did and I just your story was told and it, it needed to be told and it completely and utterly inspired me like I watched that film and I feel just fired up every time I see it it's, it's fun well, that's Sometimes. kind of you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really yeah. and uh, yeah. So, what was it? You know, was it was it worth it in the end to dedicate yourself to to family? The answer is yes. Yeah, really exactly. Yeah. Yes, that, abso- that. absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, what can I say? I mean, I feel very much uh, about Stanley even now, even though I've I worked yeah. for him for all those years, and even though I've seen his films all of his films hundreds of times as you can imagine yeah, me too. Me um, too. It, it's um you know i still have this wonderful wonderful feeling about you know, the privilege of having uh, you know a creative input mm. with a with a man like that and um and you know do you have a favorite like film that. do i have a favorite film um yeah i would say i've got uh, probably I think my favorite film is all of them because (laughs) I've worked with them all in in such detail and you know, it's, 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 you know, incredible. I mean, it was two, it was 2001 that started me. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I was like a, I was just left drama school and I was 21 and uh, I went to see it in Leicester square and I, all I could think of was, oh my God! I mean, this for me is, even though it's a mystery, it's, it's kind of yeah. mysterious in its way. I kind of think this is how it is. I mean, it's about the evolution of mankind, and yes. who knows where it will go? You know? Yeah. That, yeah, and and you know, film. we sit we sit, we sit around sort of thinking, well, I I'm me and I'm here in this world yeah. and we kind of take for granted that we're always going to be the way we are now in our lifetime yeah. and yeah. to sort of send it right out there into the ethos you know is, is just I, I think that's that's brilliant because you know a hundred thousand years ago I mean they wouldn't have known that we'd be living in condos <laughs> oh yeah that's a good point <laughs> Leon yeah, yeah, do you yeah. ever Leon, do you ever go to the London College of Art and go through the boxes again, just like out of nostalgia? Oh no, 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 no! I, no. I've only been back to the UK twice in, in twenty oh, right, years. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I mean, to, to be absolutely honest with you, I saw it yeah. all before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to see yeah. it; he lived it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 yeah. Good, yeah. Good point. Yeah. You probably yeah, like yeah, don't yeah. want to see it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, things come Sick my way anyway, so you know, yeah. it, it, it always stuff always comes up, and you know, but um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously a, a fixture in my life. I mean, there's no avoiding it. You know, I love, I I love the thing. To. I love the thing in film work when it said that you slept on the floor so that you didn't get too comfortable, so that you could just have little naps and then get up. <laughs> I didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, just like in those in those moments, was it all worth it? And the answer is yes, and that's all I wanted to know. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. In the, the hard times, right, right. Yeah, well, you you don't appreciate it. You got, to, I mean, you got to have hard times, and if you get through exactly. them, then it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so great, James. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to uh, 
connect to you guys for a few minutes. Is there anything you want to say before I, I let you go, my man? Just simply that I love Stanley and he's, I just, I feel like more and more people are going to love him in the future. It's, his fan base is only going to get bigger and bigger forever. Hmm. Right. Yes. Well, are you, I, mean, I kind of feel that way myself. Yeah. Thank you. Thank mm. you for speaking to me. It's been incredible. <laughs> You're very welcome. What, what, what a way to end the year. <laughs> oh, that's nicely said. <laughs> thank you so yes, much. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank James, so take care. We're going to let thank you go. You. We'll see you soon. Okay, okay. buddy? Okay. All right. Okay. Anytime. Thank Cheers, you. mate. Bye, James. Bye, Mom. Bye, Steve. Bye. Bye, Leon. Bye. All right. That was very cool. Uh, I guess we've got Tigre Hill lined up next. This is moving along pretty nicely, I must say. It certainly is. Uh, Tigre's in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Calling now. Hello. Tigre. Yes. What's up, Tigre. man? No, this is How J- are you? It's Jason. Oh, Jason, how are you? Good, man. <laughs> how are you? Motown Philly. Yeah, that's 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 what they say. <laughs> it's good. What's what's going on? It's good to hear your voice, man. Uh, well, I you, got you too. Yeah, cool. I, I got Stephen on the line. Stephen Rigg, who founded Course Gas and uh, producer of our podcast. Say hi, Steve. Hi, hi, Tigre. How are you doing? How are you? Good to hear from you. I'm very good, thank you. Good to hear from you too. And uh, we also got Mark Lentz, who you know from Scas. Say hi. Hi, T. Gray. I love Philly. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate being on here. Cool, man. Uh, Also, also we got uh, James Marinaccio, you know, as the uh, one and only Nick Fugazi. Oh, yes. Okay. Hey, how are you? Nice to talk to you. This is like the this is like the all star cast of SKS. <laughs> well, now that you're joining us, it is. This is a board meeting. <laughs> a board, right, right. So, what's going on? Well, it, we're doing a little segment, and uh, it's 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 a short one, but uh, a cool one, we hope. And uh, I've got two questions I want to ask you, and the first one is pretty straightforward. My question is: uh, Can you tell? us and the listeners in about a hundred words or so what was it that drew you to stanley kubrick what was it well uh <laughs> a, a couple of things I, I was made aware of stanley kubrick in a uh i was at a bookstore uh, i must have been 15 or 16 and and the the famous kubrick book with michael subet was there and I knew of 2001, I'd never seen it. And back then, I don't know what the, the age range of you guys are, but uh, video cassettes were were the rage back then. And I had a copy of 2001 A Space Odyssey, and I saw this book uh, about Kubrick. Uh, and then I loved that, that, that picture, which one day I'm going to get like a blown-up picture of him on the set of Barry Lyndon that was on the, on the cover there. <laughs> and I saw that book and I started leaping through it. And to be honest with you, I was leaping through, I knew of 2001, I knew of the shining, um, but I didn't know too much more about anything else about him. And then I leaped through another book, which, and I, I wish I could, I have it somewhere, 
it was a book of famous directors, and uh, you said a hundred words. I guess I'm about to run out here. Uh, uh, it was a list of famous directors. Anyway, long story short, I got to the Kubrick part portion of it, and it talked about how he worked, how he worked. You know, was very um, uh, he was secretive, but he worked very hard on his projects, and uh, he tried to make them all the best. So this 16 year old went to see what this this guy was like. So I watched 2001. I, I I liked it. I didn't fully understand it then, but I liked it. But what really blew me away is when I started to watch A Clockwork Orange because I had no idea what that movie was about. In the first half an hour, I said, "This has to be the worst film I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> but I said, "But I stuck through it, and it was the most rewarding film to me." After when I finished it, and I, and I it, all of a sudden there. I got Kubrick. I said, okay, I get this guy. Right. And then I started watching all his films. Well, that's really cool. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think you said it brilliantly. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned his, you know, to, to paraphrase, you know, it sounded like you mentioned his, his work methodology. And, um, and of course, you know, he wouldn't have been able to do that without a, a, a pretty trusted core group of people. Did you get a chance to see that documentary about Leon Vitali last year called Film Worker? I, oh, yeah. I went to the theater and saw it. I thought it was amazing. Absolutely. You did? Yes. That's so cool. Yes. And I, you know, and I bought the film, too. Oh, you did? So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm nowhere near some of the collectors in the group that you have, but I try to collect a lot of stuff. About him, I re- I remember one of the things that really intrigued me when I read him in that that best director's book. They said every time a film came out about here about, that he put out, it was like an event. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's now I'm 16 years old, and uh, so I'm like, you know, I'm in the film, but mostly I'm really starting to get in the Hitchcock at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading about this co this 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 cool filmmaker that is uh, supposedly amazing, and he was and is. And continues to be. And then I became obsessed with him. After I was 16, so I remember the day when Full Metal Jack came out. I went with my, actually with my, uh, a much older friend of mine. Uh, he was a psychiatrist. He, he, he went to see uh, Full Metal Jacket, and we both went. And I was 19 years old. And uh, 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 right after that, I moved to New York. I saw it in June, and you know, I moved to New York in the fall. I went back to see it again. I saw it about five times in the theater. So, um, that was the first uh, Kubrick, that was the first Kubrick picture I got to see in the theater as well. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That was the, I I think that's, you know, it depends on your age range. And then I did, I did go to see, uh, Loma or somebody had a retrospective around then. I did see the killing in the theater, which blew me away. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So it just became my lifelong since 16. I've had an obsession with him. You know, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir, bro. And since you, you mentioned that you did have uh, uh, the chance to see Film Worker in the in the theater, and then you 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 bought it. Like I, I'm the same. I'm not uh, a, an absolute completist about all things that I'm interested in or passionate about. I I do tend to be a bit of a Kubrick completist. I'm also kind of the same for the Beatles, you could say. But my point is, um, you, you know, just you just picked the two things I'm completest about. <laughs> right on, right on, bro. I mean. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, but this this brings me to the, the 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 question, the second question, which is without giving me the answer, kind of yes or no, um, 
If you had the chance to ask Leon a question, do you have an idea what it might be? Uh, well, <laughs> without giving I, me the answer, would you be able to think of of, of a question yes, for him? Yes, yeah. Yes, okay. Yes. You know what? You know what? Hang on a second, bro. Hang on. Can you just hang on for one sec? Yeah. Cool. Hello. 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 Hey, Leon. Yes. Yes. Hey, what's oh up, man? It's, it's Jason and the gang from Kubrick's hi. Universe. Hi, hi, hi. I had a really weird uh, ringtone on my phone. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, wow. I'm glad I picked it up. <laughs> you mean that completely fake ringtone I did with my... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hi, how, how are, you? are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. This is an honor to speak to you. I, I think we're all speaking to you live. It's an honor to speak to you. I saw the film uh, and I was blown away by it. I, I bought it. And uh, I, they said, do you have a question? I, I don't know if I have a question so much as I just want to, I want to thank you for your dedication. You were quite a, a talented man. Uh, uh, well, what you were, you are. And what you did with your career was just amazing. It, it, I found it to be, you're an unsung hero. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm a little baffled that I'm speaking to you. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's really kind of you to say thank you. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. I'm, uh, uh, I live in Los Angeles now, so, you know, it's uh, it's all good as they say here in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. you you were always a rock star, but you became more of a rock star after the film came out. So, uh, Oh, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm sure you're recognized uh, quite a bit now. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, had a, I had a guy when I went, just when I went to Cannes uh, with, uh, the, you know, the 4K version of The Shining, which I did, um, I met the guy job, walked up way. to me. Yeah, thank you, thank you. A guy walked up to me and he said, "Are you Leon Vitali?" And I said, "Yes." And he just looked at me, went, <clears throat> and just walked off. <laughs> 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 well, well, you, well you, you you confirmed it for him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Here's, a here's a question: Do you have any plans to act anymore? Mm, good question. Um, it's a good question, actually. Um, I'm asked, and um, and sometimes, you know, it's it's really strange because when I decided to take the the road I took, you know, I I can honestly say in all the years that I, I was working for Stanley, I I missed acting like twice, and one of them was actually watching. We were working on the scene in The Shining, and I just thought, "Oh my God, I, I'd love to be on the end of this, you know, now, you know." And the other time was when I watched uh, a group of old friends um, from uh, my drama school. They'd formed into a theatre company, and they would do some really ambitious work. And I actually kind of thought mm, it would have been nice to be there. Um, but uh, apart from that, no, I never really, never missed it in that way. But I am asked occasionally. 
So, um, and I did some actually. I, I had, a, you know, sometimes when I'm working with, a, you know, on a film as a dialogue coach or, or a, you know, helping a director or something, they ask me if I'll do a scene, and uh, and if I think it would be fun to do, then I do it. You know. Well, I mean, your your performance as Lord Gwynton was like you know Academy Award worthy. I mean. <laughs> and then you and then you went on to be with uh, Stanley Cooper. I mean, this is amazing. Let me stop. I feel like I'm monopolizing your time. This is a unexpected pleasure, uh, a Christmas gift. <laughs> no, it's cool. You're, you're great, T. Gray. Uh, so, so um, I'm gonna. Are you have you so, go ahead? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, go ahead. If you have another question, and we're go, go ahead, man. Look, well, well, let me just ask this, Lynn. Uh, you, you've been. Uh, what's next for uh, anything you're restoring or, or overseeing, as far as any films of his, ah. like you did with The Shining? All right. Um, yeah, I mean, the hope is that we can get uh, 4Ks uh, for all of them. Really, I mean, the next one awesome. is supposed to be Full Metal Jacket. Coincidentally mm. enough, and. Um, Oh. We're hoping to be able to do do that in the spring. Um, oh. So uh, yeah, it's it's um, you know I think I think it, you know it would be irresponsible if they didn't <laughs> let hmm. us do it. Put it that way, hmm. you know. And and it seems of all the formats, uh, you know, that have come up through the years, you know, Blu-ray and what have you. And you, know, I go back in and and redo them, you know, and of course, I mean, the, the technical possibilities of, of getting really great resolution and, and, and picture quality is just amazing now. I mean, 4K, I think it's a huge leap forward and it's fantastic to work with, you know. Well, you know, I took my little pennies that I have and completely uh, upgraded to 4K because of 2001. Mm. Uh, I said, okay, that's when I, and it's a brilliant print. And then I, I have the shining. It looks amazing. And, uh, a full metal jacket will look amazing. But with, with you looking over it all, uh, I have full confidence that it will just be amazing. I, I, I would, I would wonder this is, is if, if that happens and it will, um, mm-hmm. that would be a nice uh, way for, uh, SKS to maybe we can get a, a sneak peek at your process. Right, uh, right, of, right, of, right. Of, of, of the mastering, it's it's a, it's an interesting way of um, seeing the process. But uh, in fact, I'm due for another viewing of Full Metal Jacket soon. So, uh, uh, all I, right, I watch I watch everything of his at least once a year. Well, it sounds like he's right. getting Leon's getting to work on the uh, 4K for FMJ in spring. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh-oh, so well, maybe, we, I should, maybe I should delay a little longer. <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't have long to wait. At wow. least that's the good news. Well, T. Great, you, you've been great, great, dude. I, um, I, I'm unfortunately I'm charged with keeping the ball rolling, and uh, I guess if you guys want to say ciao for now, say goodbye, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to all do it again sometime. Well, I can't thank you all enough for this. Very, I mean, I I was just pleased to talk to you guys. And, and having Leon on was, was very much a, a nice surprise. And Leon, thank well, you thank again you. for your work. Thank you, and I really do appreciate it. I, I really do. And, and thank you for your 
you know, for free devotion, <laughs> put it that way too. Too. I always see it as a cause, and um, you know, right. it's pretty much a, a really important one. So, thank you so much for your appreciation. Thank you, and happy New Year to you. Yeah, you too. You it's too. great. Oh. Thank you. Can, 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 guys, can I brag about this, or is this something that's uh, kind of secret to reveal? Mm, good question, Stephen. Yeah, this, I mean, we'll be putting this out in the new year, so yeah, brag away as yeah. long as you don't. Well, don't brag away too much online. Yeah, just keep. In, yeah, keep. Just in the pub. Okay, I'll wait. I'll keep it. I was going to say, I just can't believe I just talked to Leon Vitali, but I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thank you guys. It's thank been you, a man. Pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure's okay. all ours. Thanks, Tigray. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Thanks, Tigray. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good stuff. Okay, Stephen, I saw your message about Wes Calamer. Yep, giving him a call now. Is he in L.A.? Do we know? Uh, yes, he's in L.A. Hello? Hey, is this Wes? This is Wes. Hey, man, it's uh, Jason and the gang from Kubrick's Universe. How's it going? Oh, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm all right, just on the road at the moment. That's okay. Can you talk with us? Or Yeah, right. sure, sure. Cool. Um, so, Stephen Rigg, who, of course, founded Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society and uh, produces the Kubrick's Universe podcast, he's on the line. Say hi. Hi, Wes. Hey, how's it going, man? How you doing? Not bad at all, thank you. Thanks for uh, joining us on the call. Yeah, no, I appreciate the message. I, I'm honored. Cool, cool. I've also got with us uh, Mark Lentz and James Marinaccio from SCAS. Say hi, guys. There. Hey, Wes. Nice to meet you, Wes. What's up, fellas? Man, this is great. It's nice to put a, a voice to the, the Facebook message. Well, we've all been yes. pretty fascinated with you taking the uh, mini Kubrick figure around. And I, as I understand it, you're working on a, a coffee table book or something about the... The traveling gnome of Kubrick is this yeah, true? Yeah, yeah. Something to the effect of uh, it's been installed like eight hundred times, but uh, but yeah, it's not dead. It's it's still a thing. I'm very much uh, still love the idea, and I have a lot of photos that I I can't wait to share with the group that you guys just haven't even kind of seen yet. It's such a cool idea. It really is. That's a that's a brilliant idea. We we both just ordered the me and Jason are waiting our gnome. Yes, waiting on a gnome. Oh yeah, the um is it the mini Kubrick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I call. That's right. I I was the one who called it a gnome. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're still they're still really great and uh, like highly detailed for uh, how small the the figure is and it come in like uh, thematic colors like they have like a clockwork orange colored. Uh, Kubrick figure, Kubrick figure. Uh, they, they have a bunch of different types. So I'm glad you guys got it. It's, uh, it's my, probably my big, I have so many useless collectibles uh, and <laughs> a lot of sentimental co- collectibles, but, but the Kubrick is, is hands down my, uh, my most uh, valued and sentimental collectible. Uh, yeah, that's understandable. So listen, man, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question and uh, it's a pretty straightforward one. In about a hundred words or so, can you tell us and tell the listeners what is it that drew you personally to Stanley Kubrick? 
great question. Uh, important question. Uh, you know, when I when I grew up, uh, my mom was always working. My dad wasn't around, so I was really attracted to superheroes and comic books and reading and like Hercules Legendary Journeys and Buffy and Angel and uh, TV was my thing and then uh, one day The Shining came on the television and it was just unlike anything I've, I've ever seen on a, on a screen and it just captivated me and I became obsessed with uh, the movie and then, and then of course the, uh, the brilliant filmmaker behind it uh, and that just it, it just snowballed from there. It was it was a different language. It was it was just unlike anything. Mm, I like that a different language. It really was. It was just visually something uh, that I don't think anybody before or since has even remotely captured, which is uh, just it boggles the mind uh, of, of the type of. Uh, 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 visual stimulation that uh, Kubrick was able to uh, create with uh, the world and no one even, you know, not even kind of on that level. It's just it's nuts to me. So that's always fascinating. Hmm. Well, you know, film language is a thing. Uh, I think that's, you know, obvious at this point. And the very nature of making film has... I would argue its own language as well. And what I'm getting at is, you know, did you get a chance to see that documentary about Leon Vitali called Film Worker? No, it's on the queue. I, I finished Stanley and Me, which is amazing, the book and the documentary, but that's, that, that was next. You got to see it, man. It's fantastic. I mean, so, I mean, but you you are, of course, familiar with Leon and how, you know, invaluable he was as Stanley's right-hand man for... All those years, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, you should definitely see the uh, the documentary. I mean, we can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, no, I, I can't wait. It, like I said, it's on the queue, and I I'm uh, I just got out of uh, my second semester of uh, school, so I have a break, which is unheard of. So I'm, I'm going to be doing lots of lots of reading, lots of watching. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Have you ever have you ever like just caught an interview with him or anything? I mean, you know basically who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have uh, on YouTube and on the deep on the deep two AM dives of YouTube uh, <laughs> uh, suggested videos. He's definitely popped up a bunch. I, yeah, I mean, I, I I can relate to the deep dive two AM thing. Um, <laughs> one more video, just one more video. One that, more. Yeah, I know. Okay, okay. I'm not even down the rabbit hole and my alarm is about to go off and I'm supposed to go to work. That's yeah. right. right. Go to work in 15 minutes. Maybe I can sit one more damn video. Right. Well, okay. So on that topic, I mean, um, this is my second question. And without giving me the answer, just kind of yes or no, knowing that uh, Leon was so crucial in Stanley being able to accomplish all that he did. If, if you, without giving me the answer, if you had the chance to ask Leon a question, do you have any idea like what it might be? Yes or no? Oh God. Should I would ask? Yeah. Oh I mean, t- take a moment to think about it. If you like. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, I do. You, you would, 
You think you would? I think I would. You know, that's 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 pretty cool of you. Actually, can you hang on for just a moment, though? Sure. Hang on, just a, one technical thing I got to sort out on my end here. Hold up. Hello? Hello? Hey, Leon? Yeah? Hey, what's up, man? It's Jason and the gang at Kubrick's Universe. Hi, hi. How's it How going? You? Good, good, good. We got a, a, a friend and a lifelong Stanley fan on the line named Wes Calamer. He'd love to say hi to you if that's okay. Absolutely, absolutely. Hi, Leon. This is uh, this is an honor. I'm a bit shell shocked. I wasn't expecting anything like this, so uh, I apologize. <laughs> but, like, nice, Dad. How are you today, sir? I'm good, and and uh, and you know, I'm happy. I'm happy that uh, to talk to anybody who's had so much joy out of watching Stan this film. So I really am. Absolutely. I, I, um, uh, they, the the wonderful guys at Scott, uh They just posed a question to me of what question I, I would ask you and, and something just kind of bolted through my brain. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I wish, I wish I could uh, be alive in the day or I was alive, but I wish Stanley was alive uh, right now where I could ask him a thousand and one questions, but being that you, you uh, uh, lived and, and knew him so well as you did the years that you did. Uh, my question is, for all my rambling, <laughs> Uh, what, uh, what, what's one statement that, uh, uh, kind of stuck with you, uh, and changed your perspective on, on yourself or people or, or the world that Stanley shared with you that just has always uh, stuck with you since? I would love to have a statement oh. like that myself. I ask you, I, I pose that to you. Right, right, right. Well, it was that, um, I'd always, as an actor, you know, and I'd seen, uh, 2001 when I was at drama school and I just thought, oh boy, I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. It was such a, an emotional experience, you know, to watch it. And then I watched Clockwork Orange and um, I just thought uh, I'd give anything in the world just to work for this man as an actor because yeah. I was an actor, you know. And, uh, and suddenly I heard about Barry Lyndon being made and uh, I got my agent to to call in and I got the role and, and so that's, that's that. And then I got called down to, uh, to where they were shooting in Salisbury in England. And, um, my contract was like 13 days over eight weeks. And, um, and I had one dialogue scene and a couple of passed by just to establish who I was, you know, and, um, and he, I didn't shoot anything for the first sort of like six weeks. Uh, he just used to call me down to the set and I had to wear full costume and makeup. And then he'd, uh, the, when, when, when they wrapped, he'd call me on the set and he'd say, hi, Leon. Hi, do you, do you know that speech? And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, say it. So I'd say it. And he said, thank you, Leon. Good night. And we shook hands and I went back to the hotel, you know, and this went on for, <laughs> for weeks and um, anyway, we started shooting and, and I just noticed that while I was sitting around waiting, I suddenly understood, you know, wow, what it, what it takes to make a movie for a start, you know, 
and to see the perfection with which he was aiming at, at bidding, and it just became a fascinating, fascinating uh, experience for me. And I spoke to him about it, and he said, "Well, if you're thinking of doing something in, you know, in production or what have you, you know, do something, and then when you've done it, let me know." And so I did. I, I parlayed my way. I did a, a film, uh, a Frankenstein film, in fact. And I parlayed my way into the cutting room, and I told him, and he said, "Okay." And then it went from there, and uh, and 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 that was it. And there was a sort of a wonderful kind of feeling of being part of a creative, you know, process, which even as an actor, I would, I would never have, never have had, you know, never have gone anywhere near it. So, um, that's really how it started. And you, you, you met Stanley in the seventies, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were Barry Lyndon. Uh, we shot it in, 1973, 74, 75, um, <laughs> I mean, all those years. And um, yeah, yeah, and so, so I knew him from, from then. And he was, you know, it's funny, it was so strange. We actually have the same birth date, only 20 years apart. You know, so if you want to sort of think about, oh, it's serendipitous, I mean, it was there, but we had a sort of, we had a way of talking with each other. It was, it was strange. It was like a shorthand, you know, and, um, we, you know, not, not to say that he, he, he didn't have his tantrums every now and then. I mean, you can imagine, but, um, yeah. you know, it was, everything was understood. You know, everything was a kind of understood and it was just, just magic. I mean, it really was, it really was. And I miss him to this day. We, we all do. I could definitely, uh, uh, speak for everyone. Uh, in agreeing with that statement, absolutely. <laughs> mm. Very much. Yeah. So. Thank yeah, you, Leon. I really, I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate you too. I appreciate your interest, and and you know, it's just it's lovely to hear every time. You know. Well, this has been great. I do have I do have a quick follow up question, if that's okay. Go for it. Okay. Um, now, Leon, I'm, I'm sure, like, I mean, you're on a podcast and you're speaking to a bunch of super fans and, and uh, Kubrick has kind of been made into an icon, like like a legend. Uh, do you think that uh, that in itself is, is a good thing or do you think people should uh, really try to look at the man behind the myth or is it or is it kind of a combination? Like, it's good that he's reached that status and, and that's OK. And, and there's messages to, to partake from. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely, and and it's a it's a really good question. Uh, the thing is that you know, despite his sort of uh, mythological sort of <laughs> the reputation and 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 sure, yeah. the achievements, you know, I can tell you that Stanley was one of the most human human p- people I've ever met in my life, and um, you know, everything was on a a purely kind of a emotional level and I don't mean that in in you know of course there were histrionics and there were laughs and there were this and there was that but you know he was a somebody said earlier that you know what they loved about Stanley was that he didn't know and it's true in lots of ways I mean his films and were uh, you know exploratory for himself you know the subject mm-hmm. matters and um you know it, it was just remarkable how 
how much the script could change from when we had it in our hand to when we finished shooting. I mean, it was light and editing, and you thought, well, that was a worthless piece of paper, you know, that script that you had, because <laughs> it changed yeah. so much. And he was so open, so open to, to, to that, you know. He wasn't afraid to throw out ideas that he cherished in a project because he knew it, you know, it was leading us nowhere. And, um, and, uh, he was just really, really as a, as a filmmaker, you know, an artist, you know, he was very, very brave. He really was. He made very brave decisions. So, uh, and that's why, that's why I think his, each of his films is unique, you know, to him and unique, you know, to each other because, you know, it was, everything was a process. Well, that's, I mean, it's as beautiful, as beautifully said as any and everything we've heard Leon say, and we're so grateful for it. Um, we, we, we do have to uh, unfortunately sign off, but... Uh, for sure. It was an honor talking to all of you guys. Great. It's been really, really nice to hear your, your thoughts about it all. Thank you very much. Wes, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, but um, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll see you in cyberspace, as James says. Absolutely, I'll see you on the board. Thanks, uh, Wes. <laughs> bye, guys. Cheers. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Leon, somebody on on our Facebook group just said you look you have a resemblance to Mick Jagger. Hey, that's a compliment. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. I didn't hear it. Somebody was saying you look like Mick Jagger. Leon. Oh, oh, right. I used to get that all the time when I was at drama school. <laughs> Let's go for Alex, Alexander Pietrzak. Do that. Yep. Where's Alexander in America? Whereabouts? Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. Scottsdale. Curious. I've never heard his voice. He he was born and raised in the UK. So I'd like to hear the how much it's changed, how much of it he has left. He's got a lot of production credits to his name. He worked on uh, Tombstone. Well, he was the first. He, he back, Leon, back in, uh, I don't know, in the 90s, he got Seafarers put on, I think it was, I, I think it was VHS or maybe DVD, but it had been available. He, he worked to get that available. He, he acquired the rights to the Seafarers. That's true. And he's a great guy. All right. If, All right. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we can. That's a fellow we were just about to ring now. Let's do it. I'll give it a try. He did text me that he had a busy day at work and he would do his best to answer the call. Hello. Hey, Alexander. Yeah, yeah. Hey. hey. What's up, man? It's Jason from Kubrick's Universe. Good, good, good. Real quick. Uh in a, in a hundred words or less, here's our first question. Can you tell us what it was that drew you to Stanley Kubrick? Okay, this is a question for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think that um, I, I, went to see, I went to see Full Metal Jacket, and I think right after that, I picked up one of those video guides that had... You know, you look at the back and it has all the directors in there. I go, I was like, I gotta find out more about this Kubrick guy. And I was like, I saw all his names and I was like, all those films that he did. And I was like, what? The same guy did all this? And I was kind of like blown away. I was like, Spartacus? Is that right? And he didn't even did Spartacus. That's how old is this guy? <laughs> I was like, it just kind of blew me away that 
that somebody could uh, direct all these films, all these different genres, these different looking movies. It was kind of like, wow. And I was after that, I was like, I, I got to really dig in and see all the rest of this guy's stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, real quick, tell us again how you came to uh, acquire the rights to The Seafarers. Well, on the original AMK, we would always talk about it. You know, it was like one of those things, you know, like, oh, you think we'll ever see it? And I think a lot of people were like, no, probably not. And I, I kind of imagined it just on a shelf somewhere. And, you know, people didn't even know who owned it or whatever, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't even tanked properly or something. I was like, it's, it's gotta be out there. Somebody's gotta have a copy of it, you know? Right. And, uh, contacted the, uh, the C, the SIU and I, I got bounced around a long story about it, but I kind of got bounced around and I, um, ended up speaking to someone in over there and they said, Oh, well, we have a, we have a, an AV department. And I was like, an AV department. I was like, well, that sounds kind of promising. So they, they put me on to this guy, uh, Harry Geiske, and immediately he knew what the film was. I was like, whoa. And he goes, and I was like, he said, yeah, I have a, I have a copy of it here on video. I just, just transferred on to VHS. I was like, is there any way I could get a copy of that? So like, he sent it to me and I'm like, I'm just sitting there in my living room watching this movie. I'm just like on VHS. And I was like, I can't believe I'm like the first person in the whole group to see it, you know? Wow. Yeah. And this is back, this is back around, this is like around 99, I think it was. Okay. You know, that's really cool in itself. Well, you know, I mean, speaking of, this is a dovetail for my second question, because, you know, like speaking of getting the job done, did you see Film Worker, the documentary about Leon Vitale? You know, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you, you I know, do, it's crazy. You, you have to see it. I mean, it's really, really... Of yeah. course, you know who Leon is and how, you know... Yeah, sure. ...invaluable yeah. he was to Stanley. Yeah, I um, sent some posters over to um, Tony Freewin when I was getting... Because they didn't have a print of the Seafarers, so I sent him my print. And uh, I said, I'm going to send you some posters. You can kind of get maybe like Leon and Yan Holland to sign them. So I sent some posters to them and... Uh, and they, when I got all my stuff back, I got all these. I had a couple of those signed, and Christiane Kubrick sent me a, a signed print as well, or something. Oh, that's cool. Leon did autograph it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, you, you, okay, so you definitely got to see the documentary, um, and obviously, you clearly know who he is. Um, without without giving us the answer, just give me a yes or no. If 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 you had the chance to ask. Leon, a question. Do you have some idea what it might be? I do. Okay. Well, you know what? Hang on one second, okay? Just hold tight. I know we can't keep you for long, but hang on one second, bro. Hello? Hello? Hey, Leon. Yes. Hey, what's up, man? It's Jason and the gang at Kubrick's Universe. Hi, hi, hi. How are you guys? We're great, we're great, we're great. We got a, a dear friend on the phone, Alexander Pietrzak. You guys want to say hi to each other? Absolutely. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, How are you? <laughs> great. <laughs> you sound like someone just walked up to you with a book and said, you know, Alexander, this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. 
Are you guys pulling my leg on this? No, we are not. No, no. No, no. No, it's me. It's me. Really? Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Wow. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. think you can ignore that other phone if it rings for a few minutes? Yes. <laughs> tell, 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 tell her you were in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so I, should I just go ahead and ask the question then? Yeah, dude, feel free. This is a perfect opportunity to ask him a question. Yeah. I don't know how far, I don't know if you can really remember this, but back when I was dealing with the seafarers, getting that onto first VHS tape and then to DVD, I was offered the rushes for that film. Um, from when, and, uh, but when it came right down to it, the people who ran the AB department at the Seafarers International Union, they couldn't come up with mm. it. They were just like, we don't have it. Oh, my God, what's going, on? what's going on? And the guy was telling me all about all this footage. And then when I heard about all the, the outtakes and everything had been from Kubert's original films had been uh, incinerated. I thought I was, I kind of thought, well, maybe Leon had some sort of contact over there where we, they would send those to him and he would destroy them or something. Cause no one seemed to know what the hell happened to all those outtakes. So I was going to, I was just wondering, do you know anything about that? Um, I don't, uh, but it doesn't surprise me to hear that because you'd be probably surprised to hear that uh, Columbia, as it was in the day, lost the whole original negative of Dr. Strangelove. And <laughs> these things happened, as we say, in the old days. I mean, archiving wasn't, you know, a very well-organized, uh, you know, operation. And, uh, it, oh, you know, yeah. now it now it is. Now it is, because I think film studios and companies have realized that, you know, their heritage things you yeah. know they're, they're absolutely and you know um and so it it was one of those things you know that um and fear and desire for instance we tried to get the negative back and i spent i spent probably 10 years looking for the original negative of dr stranger and for uh all of his documentaries and it was yeah. surprising to you know, fear and desire was like no trace of it, no trace of it. Um, you know, nobody knew where it was or or, or anything. And um, but then, you know, after Stanley died, suddenly these pristine prints started turning up. <laughs> so we realised that somebody did have it, and uh, they weren't owning up to it. I won't say who it was eventually. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. It, it, it's it's kind of shocking how much was not preserved or looked after or archived in any way back in those days. So it doesn't surprise me at all. That is crazy. Mm, it that is. is that's it really is. interesting. You know, I don't know whether uh, these guys have told you, but I, I'm I'm originally from England. You know, and uh, oh, right. where yeah. Oh, Reading. yeah, I'm from Reading. Yeah, and. Oh, right. uh, yeah, yeah. But my dad, my dad, when I was over there during the eighties, he used to live, um, he used to live in, um, near St. Albans in Flamstead. So oh, I was, right. in, I was okay. in, yeah, I was in, I was in St. Albans, you know, quite a bit. Anyway, going back to when I was lived in uh, England, going to school in, in Reading, we went on a field trip right. once and I won't give you the whole story. I'll take too long. Long story short. Um, we think that 
uh, when we were in Blenheim Palace, we went to a, a tour around Blenheim Palace, that right. um, <clears throat> we may have walked through the filming of Barry Lyndon. And so I didn't really did. make this connection. I didn't make the connection for many years until I read about it in a book. I think it was Labuto's book. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds... Because the first time I saw Barry Lyndon, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been there. Oh, oh, oh I stood right there. <laughs> I kind of was familiar with it, you know? I was like, oh, okay. So when I read this, when I read that story and about the whole way he set it up, I was like, that is exactly what happened. I was like, that's right, what happened right. when I was on that school trip. And we walked through right. and there was, it looked like maybe like an assistant director and someone kind of was sitting in these chairs and they looked really kind of annoyed to see us, you know? Because uh, when you're a little kid, you, when you're a little kid, you think that everyone's going to be so happy to see you when you go into a room <laughs> and they look kind of annoyed. Right. It's just, <laughs> our school group was crossing the, this film set and I was like and right, then years right, later right. I was kind of did some research with Blenheim and I was like well to figure out what films are being shot over there and uh, right. that was the one that was like the time frame was perfect and there was nothing was shot after that because of the rest, right, restoration right. that was going right, on there right. it wasn't until right. History of the World Part 2 so there was like it was the only the only logical film that could have been shot there Right. So right, I was like, it's right, possible right. I could have been on that set. It's kind of strange. You could, yeah, yeah, you probably were. And I, I know, <laughs> I mean, one of, one of the wonderful things about working on Barry Lyndon was I got to see the inside of, you know, so many, so many of these, these places, Blenheim and Corsham Court and all these fine houses. And one of them where we, we did most of our filming for the interiors uh ryan and i you know we were taking a break from shooting and we decided to have a little wander around and we went into this room and we just looking around uh you know just portraits and pictures and god knows what and suddenly the door opened and the tour guide walked in with a bunch of people and he <laughs> when he saw us it was like he was frozen in time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were in full costume and makeup. <laughs> so we <Yeah>. just <laughs> bowed and said, "Oh, please, James, go ahead." And then we just left. <laughs> and it was such a wonderful little thing to happen, you know. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. People have memories of that, maybe, and they never, never make the connection that they actually saw something even more significant, you know? Right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I'd forgotten yeah. all about that. Yeah, I'd forgotten all right. about that until I kind of read that, read about it, and then I was like, oh, it kind of jarred my memory, you know? You guys were yeah, probably yeah. in close proximity to each other on the set of Barry Lyndon all those years ago and Fine. and wouldn't have known it. Oh, absolutely. And now, yes, you, exactly, exactly. And now you got to talk for a, for a bit. <laughs> yeah. That's making yeah, me smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's making us happy. Well, I, got to ask, I got to ask two questions. I yeah. got to ask you two questions. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> man. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Absolutely. And thank you for your appreciation of Stanley. Yes. And his work. Mm -hmm. Alexander, great stuff. Great stuff. Listen, we'll talk again real soon. And um, okay. I'm going to let you get back to work. Okay. <laughs> All right. See you, Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, bye -bye. Alexander. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Great stuff. All right. Who do you got next, Stephen? We're down to the last few. We'll get David Constantine next. Is David in New York? He's in New Hampshire, which is okay. north of us, northeast of us. Hello? Hey, David. Hi, yes. Hey, what's up, man? It's Jason. 
Hey, Jason. How's it going? Good, good. All right. Well, let me uh, jump into it, man. I'm so glad you could uh, be part of this segment. It's it's a simple couple questions I want to ask. Sure. Um, the first one is, in a hundred words or so, can you tell us, tell the listeners, what is it that drew you to Stanley Kubrick? So what drew me to Stanley is, I, I guess uh, I remember probably the first film I saw of his was I saw like bits and pieces as like a little kid of like 2001 Space Odyssey. And I just remember being entranced by it, just as a, even a little kid, just being captivated. So I was always curious about his films, and I had always, um, I had seen uh, bits and pieces of other films, like A Clockwork Orange on TV, and there was just something uh, alluring about him, uh, so mysterious. And I had done more investigating, and I had heard about Peter Sellers growing up, um, and I heard other people that had worked with him, like James Earl Jones, had got his beginnings with Stanley. And what just got me was how his, uh, his transformation of the screen into the viewer, it, it, it puts you on a journey. It puts you on like a, like, a, like a tunnel, like a wormhole. You go into a different world watching his films. And then it's one of those films, when you watch one of his films, you're, you basically uh, you think about it. You continue thinking about it. Mm. You're like, wow. I feel like uh, my life has changed just by watching one of the films. Mm. It, 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 overall, this movies. I mean, there's not there's not one bad apple. Everything has a meaning and a purpose. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, that's that that's the response some of us give if asked. You know, what's your favorite Kubrick film? You know, it's all of them. And um, I've even heard that uh, Leon Vitali has answered uh, in kind. When asked, you know, what's your favorite? He said, all of them. Did you see Film Worker? Definitely. Oh, oh, most definitely. I've seen it twice. What did you think? Um, uh, it's it's incredible. It's um, I, I thought it was uh, expertly uh, well made, and it was just um, it, it's actually a really good introduction. If uh, people aren't really familiar with Stanley's films, to watch Film Worker. Hmm. I was uh, showed to like I showed it to my father recently, and um, he actually really appreciated it. Oh, that's so cool! Well, yeah. Without without giving me the answer, just by way of a yes or no answer, my second question is, and take a moment to think about it if you like. If if you ever had the chance to ask Leon a question, do you think you might have an idea what the question would be? Yes or no. Yes. Uh, I, oh, let's see. Don't give me the answer. I'm just wondering. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could, uh, I, I could definitely have something to ask him. Hmm. Cool. Actually, can you hang on just a moment, David? Sure, sure. Thanks, Thanks man. Hang on one sec. Hello? Hello. Hey, Leon? Yeah? Hey, what's up, man? It's Jason from Kubrick's Universe. Hi, hi. How are you? We're good, man. Got a good friend on the phone named David Constantine. He wants to say hi. Is that cool? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, hey, Leon, how are you doing? 
I'm good. I'm good. And uh, and how are you doing? Oh, excellent. I actually, um, I met you uh, previously. You probably don't remember. It, it was, um, we were in uh, Santa Monica at your uh, film worker screening for that and uh, Full Metal Jacket. I had a uh, big right. uh, red archives book and the, the photos of uh, the onset photos. I do remember. I do remember. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice to yeah. talk to you again. All right. Yes. Yes. So there we have it. Our first caller, who's Stephen, who's uh, you know, who's already had the honor to talk with Leon. Yes. How cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, you got a chance to ask him a question, man. You want to go ahead? Okay. I would love. I would love to. So, Leon, I know you. You probably get asked this question many, many times, but in another mm-hmm. instance, if if you had a chance to hang out with Stanley, let's just say just once upon a time randomly, what would you, mm-hmm. what would you do with Stanley? Like if you, like, what would you even say to him? Like if you, you could hang out with him once more, like what would you do with him? Oh, well, right. First of all, I'd ask him how his cats are. And then I'd <laughs> ask him how his dogs are. <laughs> then I'd ask him. Then I'd, then I'd ask him if he'd seen any good movies lately, and we'd probably get into that. Yeah, and um, oh. and probably talk about politics, and we'd probably talk about you know sport, and um, you know it, it was just uh, we could talk about anything whenever we would checking a, a print from a laboratory, you know, like, let's say, uh-huh. Cobbled Orange, and we'd go reel by reel. We, we'd, we'd look at a reel, then he'd say, uh, let's sit down. And he got a cigarette. Say, yeah, got a cigarette. <laughs> and we'd have a smoke. And we'd start talking about, you know, Margaret Thatcher or, you know, and, um, you know, random things like that. Then go back to reel two, and then... We do the same thing after that, and so on and so on over like sixteen reels, and so of course it took about you know five hours <laughs> to actually look at one print, and um, because we it, it was just it was just whatever was in the air we talked about you know, and that was the one of the lovely things about about working with Stanley you know. You know, it was just all encompassing. You no nowhere was was sacred. You know you. You know, you could talk about anything and everything, and uh, did, that's how it always was, and that's how it would be. If I, you know, if I had the chance again, that's how it would work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I, have, I have one more question, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, sure. Did Did Stanley ever get spiritual? Did you guys ever have spiritual conversations? Uh, yes, yes, but you know, he was. I would, I would say, Stanley was a humanist, you know, um, uh-huh. in, in his beliefs. And uh, as as I've always been, you know, nearly all my life, you know. And so we always sort of thought about spirituality as, as something that, you know, it's intangible, but it's always there. And, you know, and it's always there in a way that you can reference it, um, but you can't always explain it. And it's a... Uh, it's one of those mysterious things in life which are so fulfilling and so you know wonderful to have, but it has no religious uh, attachment in that way. You know, religion for me and for Stanley, we really agreed on this, was really you know um, 
not where spirituality is and where it really is, because spirituality has no borders, it has no walls, it has no, you know, limits. And um, and so he was he was very much very much into spirituality as spirituality, but not not connected in any way to organized religion. Oh right, well I I couldn't agree more with that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you guys got the chance to uh, catch up again. Sounds like there's a good chance you'll cross paths once again in the future. I yes, guess. I would hope yeah, so. I'm Thank sure. You. I hope so. Bring your big red book again. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now I do remember it. Listen, uh, I am uh, tasked with keeping the ball rolling, David, but uh, you and I are going to talk soon, and uh, I'm, we're going to see each other real soon. David and I are going to the uh, premiere of the 2001 exhibit at uh, Museum of the Moving Image. He was so kind All to right. extend an invite, and uh, gosh, I almost feel like mailing it to you instead, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, have a super time. <laughs> Yeah, I'll report back to you. you. We we we'll be sure to report back to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, go ahead and sign off and uh, wish each other a happy New Year. Whatever you'd like to do. Well, happy, well, New, Year, happy New Year. Uh, yeah, you too. You, Thank you, you for having too. me on. No, no. I mean, and it's been a real pleasure. Believe me. Thank you. Thanks, okay. thanks, David. Hey, good, good thanks, talking David. to you guys. And you. Thanks, David. Take, amazing. Have a good one. Take Speak care. Speak again soon. We'll see you. Definitely. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. Um, Are we to try Giuseppe in Italy one more time, and then we and then we've got one final call to Dominique to Dominic El Paro in Pittsburgh. Let, okay. Let, I'll I'll give uh, Giuseppe another try. A female. A female. Wow. No, it's no. unfortunate. <laughs> I, did, I did say it like it was a female, didn't I? I said Dominique. It's not Dominique at all. It's Dominic. Dominique. Dominique. singing none. She wants to ask yeah. Leon a question. <laughs> Are you a practicing Catholic any longer? No. <laughs> That's great. Oh my gosh. Hello? Hello. Is Hello? This, hi, is this Dominic? Hi, it's me. Yeah. How's it going, man? It's Jason and the gang from Kubrick's Universe Podcast. Oh, okay. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. Hope we didn't catch uh-huh. you at a bad time. Uh, let me check. No, it's good. Okay, cool. So <laughs> we're doing this cool segment. Uh, very simple. Two question uh, segment we have for you. And uh, the first question, pretty simple. But can you tell us and the listeners, what is it that drew you to Stanley Kubrick? Hmm. Good question. I suppose it was Doctor Strange Love in high school. Doctor Strange Love in high school. My my, my uh, professor showed me Doctor Strange Love. Loved the movie, and uh, yeah, ever since then I've been hooked. 
kind of kept it going from there. Yes. Okay. Then I just, uh, yeah, then Dr. Strangelove, and then 2001, then, yeah, Barry Lyndon, and just kept going, 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 I became an addict, yeah. Mm. Um, so have you, have you ever, as a enthusiast, you must have watched some of the better documentaries are out there. Um, and, and, the, and there are, there are a plenty, but, uh, did you get the chance to see film worker when it premiered? Yes. You have seen it. Yes, I have. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, my second question for you is without giving me and us the answer, just kind of yes or no. Um, we 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 all obviously think Leon is a really fascinating guy, and um, there's so much that's uh, discussed uh, about him in the in the documentary. But then there's always the chance that uh, you know there's 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 always more questions. Like a Kubrick film itself, there's always another question. So without giving me the answer, if you, if you had the chance to ask. Leon, a question. Do you think you might have an idea what it would be? Oh, wow. Let's see. Don't give me the answer. Just, you know, you could take a moment. Yes or no. Yeah, Just... I, 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 I know what it would be, but do you want me to say or no? No, actually. I mean, there, I, I'd probably put it together like a list of things. Right. Um, well, you know what? Actually, can you hang on for just a second? I'm just having a technical thing going on my end. Can you hang on one moment, Dominic? Okay. Thanks. Hello? Hello? Hey, is this Leon? It is. Hey, man, what's going on? It's Jason and the gang at Kubrick's Universe. Hi, hi. What a long time since you spoke. I know, I know, again. I know. Yeah. It's just, it's always a <laughs> lifetime between our chats. Listen, yes. <laughs> we've got a nice fella on the phone, friend of uh, Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society, and an ardent admirer of Stanley Kubrick and yourself. His name is Dominic. Would you guys care to say hi to each other? Hi, Dominic. Well, hello, Leon. How are you hi. today? I'm good. good holidays? Thank you. How are you? <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm yeah, great. Yeah. Not bad. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Great. great. Well, here's your chance, Dominic. Feel free to ask him a question. Okay. Let's see. Uh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so I was looking. You did a lot of work for the Venice Film Festival, getting the films mm -hmm. prepared. Um, oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. And because I, I was in the Kubrick archive, actually, and I was looking through that stack of material, trying to find the right um, the right format and everything. Like, how long did that take you to do? Well, um, it was a strange thing, actually, because they just announced uh, publicly that they were going to do, you know, uh, a series of Stanley's films at the Venice Film Festival. The thing was, that he forgot to tell Stanley, and um, oh. so we heard about it sort of <laughs> over the news waves. And um, and the thing was, we were in the middle of, of filming Eyes Wide Shut at the time, so 
It was, I can't tell you, it was one of those things where I didn't know if I was coming or going because I had to, you know, most of the films I had to have redone, you know, from from scratch, you know, because none of, none of them had kept their original subtitles or, or timing cards for the, you know, color and timing and what have you. So it was, it was just a huge, huge operation right in the middle of another huge, huge operation. And, um, it was, uh, it was quite amazing. I have to say quite exhausting, but, um, it worth it, worth it in the end. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. I, did Kubrick, did uh, Kubrick have to like review everything you did then? Because it seemed like, well, you must've been like going back and forth between him and, uh, like getting the prints done. And... No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in, in contact with uh, the labs and 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 the territory and, and and Italy. You know, the office there in Italy, uh, constantly, constantly. And uh, so I would every time I got a, a new print made, I'd take it and show it to Stanley. And uh, if there were any changes, we'd make them. But thankfully thankfully that we were light on changes so they were good prints so um then then we had to send it out to the territory and they had to subtitle it so we had to check the subtitle lists that they sent to make sure they were correct translations i mean you can imagine i mean it was it was (laughs) kind of endless and uh and I got the last print out, uh, last print out on the Saturday afternoon of the Saturday evening. They were going to screen uh, Eyes Wide Shut, and um, it was, uh, it was, I don't know, something memorable. <laughs> That's how I'll put it. <laughs> I'll never forget it, of course. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you for thank you for all your work and um, you know all oh, the years you put in with. Kubrick. It's really appreciated by me and I'm sure millions of fans around the world. And it's really appreciated. Thank you for, and thank you for your documentary and um, everything you've done. Thank you. Thank you. I I really, really do appreciate it. And and thank you for being, you know, someone who appreciates Stanley's films in such a, you know, a deep way, a meaningful, spiritual way. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, is it okay if we uh, we let you go, Dominic? Yeah, that's fine. And thank you again for uh, sharing me on with me. And <laughs> that's a great gift. Thank you. Uh, it was our pleasure, man. <laughs> Thanks for being cool with the surprise. We obviously couldn't yeah. tip our, couldn't tip our hand with this one, but we hope you think it was worth it. Yeah, it was great. Thank Thanks, you, Dominic. Um, happy, yeah, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks, Dominic. Well. Right, thank you. Happy New thank Year, you, Dominic. Dominic. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year yeah. to you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy New Year. And I'll go check out the 2001 exhibition as well. So. Yay. In New York. James, you're there, right? You're, you're still on the line, of course. Yeah, I'm here. You got a question, bud? Uh, you had two quick questions. I, I grew up in in the Bronx, like Stanley, born and raised, and I've lived in different right. places. I lived in uh, Los Angeles, actually, for a few years, but I lived for one year in England, in um, right. just in a little town north of London called Potter's Bar. Oh, and, Potter's Bar, yes. Yeah, you know it? And that was back in 76. 70, the second, it was one year, it was the second half of 76, first half of 77. My mother married right. 
a Brit, and we first went over there before he came back, and we all came back to New York. So my sisters would always go shopping in St. Albans, and they would always ask me, we'll go, we'll go to St. Albans, and I never went. Now, I didn't know Stanley yet, <laughs> and uh, it was I didn't really discover Kubrick until like 81. But did he really just go to the shops and walk around St. Albans? Yes, and I'd go with him. Wow. Very often. And, you know, I mean, I remember going around uh, the biggest supermarket at that time, Sainsbury's, and we would just go down there and, and he, you know, we'd go around with a trolley and he'd read the labels and <laughs> everything he bought. And, um, you know, we could walk around St. Albans freely and no one seemed to, you know, take notice or if they knew who he was, they never said anything. So, um, you know, and, and one of the reasons why Stanley moved to England was so he could work totally unimpeded because, you know, if he'd lived in Los Angeles, you can imagine, I mean, you know, it, it would have been mayhem with studio executives and God knows what. So, you know, he just loved the fact that he lived at that sort of more than an arm's distance from from that, you know. It was it was special and precious to him, too. Where in, in, in late 76, early 77, was it pre-production for The Shining? Where were you with, with uh, what was going on at that time? Where, where, what, what period? Late Sorry? 76, early 77. No, he, he'd, he'd been uh, doing post-production and release of, uh, well, he'd been doing release on Barry Lyndon, and he was looking for, material uh, he okay. was looking for uh, you know, the shining to do in actual fact okay. and um you know well he didn't find it he read through hundreds and hundreds of of uh, of novels you know to find the right one he wanted you know from the, he wanted to do a horror movie but he wanted to do something different with it and um i think he said to me he said when he read the first 10 pages of the shining he knew we'd found it Wow. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had one other quick question for you. Have um Tony Ziera, his next film, have you helped him at all with, with his new film on Eyes Wide Shut? Well that's uh, actually how we met because he was making that. Um and he came around to interview me uh, for that. Ah. And then a couple of weeks later, he came back and interviewed me some more. And then a couple of weeks after that, he came back and interviewed me some more. And it's all about Eyes Wide Shut. And then uh, the next time I saw him, he was with his wife, and uh, who was also his producer. And they said that they'd been, you know, watching the footage. And they said that, that would they mind? Would I mind if they made a, a documentary about me? And so <laughs> I didn't really know what to say. I mean, I must say it's, it's like a huge public therapy session when you get into it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> really. And um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine, I know that he's gone really way abroad to find as many people as he could who was involved with that, with that project. And... Um, but yeah, yeah, originally that's the reason why we met was just because of the Eyes Wide Shut project. Okay. Thank you, Mark. It's going to be interesting. Mark, yeah. Are you there, Mark? Yeah, uh, Leon, I have one question, which is you worked, you know, it's when you started with Stanley in the late 70s, mm. 
you worked mm. extremely hard every day for the rest mm. of uh, your tenure. Uh, and of course, with all the stresses and exhaustion, but I'm wondering if you have like a memory of a day where everything went right, mm. like a golden day. It's mm, a good question. One example. I, I have a I have the memory of a day where I thought everything had gone right. And <laughs> 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 no, absolutely, and it was it was a an amazing realization that uh, probably I hadn't. I was driving from from um, the house where we were watching rushes for uh, eyes wide shut, you know, and uh, I was driving down the road and I was feeling so pleased with myself and I was knocking off when I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that. Oh, great. And I didn't do that. And I, I, I don't know why I did that. I just put my foot hard on my brake <laughs> and <laughs> just nearly caused a, a pile up on the main, <laughs> the main half of the St. Albans road and uh, what I hadn't done was to uh, was to deliver a phone message that had been rather important. Um, <laughs> oh. and, uh, but well, no, he took he, you know something like that. I t- let me tell you the remarkable thing about Stanley. If you told him, if he screwed up, and you told him, he said and said, "Look, I'm really sorry, I screwed up." He was he was fine with that. But if I'd said to him, oh, I tried to call them and I couldn't get through, or if I tried to you know, spin it in any way, he could smell bullshit from about 5,000 miles. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, 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 and that's, that's, when, that, that's when he exploded. That's when he exploded, mm. as if anyone tried to, to con him, you know, and, uh, you know, with an excuse, you know, and he, he'd have a really stock answer. If, if someone sort of went into this convoluted reason why something hadn't happened, he'd say that. said, right. In other words, you forgot. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. And then, <laughs> then, as we say, he'd go incandescent. So I always used to describe it. You know, he'd, go, <laughs> he'd kind of glow and then explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Stephen, yeah. real quick, you you got a question to get in and then we're doing our last call. Yes, I've got a, a quick question. We all know that um, Ridley Scott uh, asked Stanley to um, see if he could have some uh, of the aerial footage from The Shining. Uh, were you around when that, when that uh, business was taking place, when uh, uh, Scott's company contacted you guys to, to ask for that? Could you tell us a, bit, a little bit about that, uh, about how that went went on? Um, um, it was pretty much a, a direct no. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I mean, he, he was very clear about some things and, uh, so he's pretty clear about that. And it's the same, the same thing happened, you know, full metal jacket, you know, we filmed so much of it on a huge, huge area of East London that was, uh, you know, a, a gas uh, factory, you know, natural, you know, a gas factory, and um, uh, so much of it had been designed by the same French company who designed, you know, a lot of uh, Huey City, mm. you know, by coincidence. I always call that the luck of Stanley Kubrick. You know, that kind of thing could happen all the time, and um, 
and it was condemned. It was condemned, and they were going to uh, build a freeway through it. So we were we were given permission to just go and blow everything up that we needed to blow up. You wow. know, uh, yeah, absolutely. It was a uh, it was like a naughty naughty boy's dream world. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> and so um, so, but you know, there was hundreds after we shot there. You know, and the film was released. There were hundreds and hundreds of, you know, right from uh, U2 and other pop bands uh, wanting to film on those sites and, you know, other film companies wanted to use it for, you know, their site of, uh, you know, sort of dissolution of the world. And, um, but he always, he, he, you know, for, for some, you know, I would say some reason, I understand it completely. You know, they were they were sacred places to him. You know, they were sacrosanct, and he mm. he never wanted people to go there. You know, mm. so that was at least that was that was his excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was like that. It was it was always very very sensitive. Yeah, just like right. you know, very often people would say they say, "Oh, can can we use can we use a, a little piece from hell." in 2001 for Pink Floyd came and asked that question and oh. he just would never let them do it. Mm. He'd never let them do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course he did yeah. provide some, some of the outtake footage for Blade Runner, the original theatrical cut. He, did he not? Right, right. I mean that... I, I, yeah, he did. And uh, yes, he, and he also, he also allowed, uh, what was his name? Um, he was a very up-and-coming uh, Warner Brothers studio director. And he allowed he allowed him to show some stuff of The Shining on a television screen in one of his scenes, uh, or in a couple of his scenes, actually. Oh, really? Uh, I can't remember his name now. Um, but anyway, I mean, he, he was selective about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. You know. I, th- I think The Shining was shown on, I can't remember what film it was, but it was at a drive-in movie. In somebody's movie, in, mm. I think there's sh- a scene in the driving. I think, it was I think on you're right. Twister. Yeah, yeah. Twister. Probably, Twister. Yeah. Good call, Twister, James. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Twister. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Twister. Yeah. Good call, yeah, James. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Leon, we're not gonna we're not gonna do another epic seven and a half hour chat. I want to let you go. <laughs> we, okay. Okay. We couldn't be more grateful. We did ask last uh, we spoke if, and you you sounded game for it. There were a couple of little uh, snippets, a little soundbite, if you would uh, be so kind, just something that we could keep you in the podcast and in the hearts and minds of all our listeners forever and ever. It's a couple of really short pieces of text. If uh, you'd be sure. willing, if you'd be willing to say them. Of course, of course. Uh, do anything for you guys. I think you're great at what you do, and thank you for it. Oh, thank you, Leon. Right, right, okay, got it. Take one. Got it. Okay. Hello, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps that laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, listeners. 
please come forward. Here it makes no difference whether you know the password or not. This is Kubrick's universe. Have another 25 <laughs> 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 thank you leon that was who fantastic do you, who do you think you are stanley kubrick <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh save that save that line too definitely definitely saving that line oh my gosh <laughs> oh it's been great thank you so much you guys can't thank you, thank you Leon. Let's uh, let's let Leon get on with the better part of his day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, and then I can't I can't thank you enough for what you do. I really can't. I think it's wonderful. You know, that means a lot to I us. Really do. Mm-hmm. Thank, thanks, Leon. We, we we are really dedicated to what we do. And it's, yeah, it's, I know. It's great that uh, you've joined us to. Uh, Help the cause, which well, we joined. We joined you to help your yeah. to help the cause, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It, 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 All right. It means so much to me that you, uh, you know, were willing to go along with my little scheme of of, of, of doing doing this kind of a, an episode. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And thank J- you. James, Mark, anything you guys want to add? Oh, just thanks for your time. We we love it. Thank You're you so, so much. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I can't wish you guys a, a happy new year more than they do. Yeah, happy 2020. Great. Yeah. Here's to a great yeah. 2020. Let's hope. Okay. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> right. And there you have it, the entry of Kubrick's universe into the pantheon of prank phone calls. We'd like to thank each of the people who took part in every one of these calls. We couldn't have done it without you. No, seriously, it would have been just us talking alone with Leon again. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Also, our deepest thanks to Leon for being perhaps the most gracious and charming prankster in the history of these types of phone calls. And of course, our thanks to Tony Ziera, who directed Film Worker. If you haven't seen it, you must. If you have, go watch it again at the end of this episode. Hello, Earthlings. I am GAL, your artificially intelligent host. Update just in. Tony Ziera is currently planning to release an extended director's cut of film worker in the not too distant future. 
So why not wait for that? Keep your hands clean, and I'll see you beyond the infinite. Back to you, Jason. You know, when we set out to create the world's first continuously running podcast for all things Stanley, we agreed that the show should always try to do just a few things and simply do them well. We wanted it to be informative and insightful, but also entertaining and fun. We definitely had a lot of fun making this one. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to it half as much as we enjoyed making it, well, then I guess we enjoyed it twice as much as you. I'm kidding. Listen, thanks for listening, friends. Keep safe and be well. We wish you and your loved ones good health and lots of strength during the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. If you've lost a loved one to the coronavirus, as we ourselves have, we send you our most sincere condolences and ask only that you be strong, helpful, and kind while planet Earth tries to crawl its way back to some semblance of normalcy. On behalf of Stephen Rigg, Mark Lentz, and James Marinaccio, I'm Jason Furlong saying thank you and sending you all our love from Kubrick's universe.
comes to you from the Stanley Kubrick Appreciation Society. Thank you for listening to the Stanley Kubrick Podcast. Come back soon.